You're listening to Inspiring Honey Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and this podcast is designed to inspire, motivate, and empower and shine the light of the Lord into your everyday life. Hello and welcome to the Inspiring Honey Show today. I'm so excited because I have a special guest on my podcast today, Carson Case. Carson Case is a college student who loves people and making Jesus known. He currently helps lead a few different ministries, speaks on occasion, enjoys working out and the outdoors. He has a vision to plant a church in a large city along with his best friend. Hi Carson, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Howdy, how are you? <laughs> if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? I think, and there's so many words, but I really believe um, the, the best word that I could describe and, and that I've heard most often um, that I would cling to is, is passionate. That's awesome. I think that's a great word. In high school, you had suffered an injury and went through a spinal surgery. Can you tell me a little bit more about that experience and how it affected your faith? Yes, yes. So four years ago, um, around the date of August 8, 2012, I actually had surgery on my lower back. And that was being a 17-year-old, um, having having a back surgery like a 70-year-old, and also just having the scare of, was it cancerous, the cyst that was on my spinal sac? Um, was it going to end my career in football and basketball, which I had scholarships to go play at different colleges, hopefully to play football at the Naval Academy. And in those moments, I was 17 years old. I was finishing up my junior year of high school. I did not know Jesus at all, um, nor did I really care to, to be honest. And so I was I was really stuck in a, a very popular crowd. Um, I was a jock. I was good at sports. Um, I probably didn't treat people the best, but I was a leader in the sense, just not a leader in the right things. And and through that, um, I had that surgery, all of my scholarships, all the possibilities of big dreams being captured were, were taken away really by the Lord. And he allowed that. And in that moment, it was such a time of, of loneliness, of lowness, of depression to a sense. And um, it was in those moments in 2012, in, in the late summer, that I just decided to give my life to Jesus. I didn't really know much, but I just knew that that I needed help and that I needed to surrender my life to Jesus. And so through that, if you look four years now, I mean, it was just a time of, of grace, of mercy from God, just because I really, um, I, I didn't know much about him, but I, but I knew that there was a better life for me and that through all the things that were taken from me, he would give me something greater. And and ultimately I could live my life for him and lead from him and, and all the things that he had taught me, even though I didn't know him, he was going to use those traits that I did have in high school and in sports and in leadership on the, on the field or on the court um, to ultimately help me to lead people to Jesus um, on this earth. And so that's what I clung to. And it's been really an incredible journey. I've learned a lot. I've been humbled. I've been weak, but it, it changed my life drastically. And I can say now I live my life for Jesus because of that moment that happened in 2012. That's definitely amazing. And I can relate to that because with my cancer diagnosis, God used that experience in my life to push me closer to him. And I think it's just awesome to hear your experience and how a negative experience pushed you closer to Jesus. That's right. That's right. He's good. (laughs) Definitely. How did your friends from school react when you got this new outlook and you started having a new passion for Jesus and you just kind of changed your life around? Um, I would say it it was definitely, it became drastic. 
So at first it was, hey, I'm going to pursue Jesus. I'm going to I'm going to look at what's the Bible about. I'm going to read this and beginning to speak that to my friends. And I don't know if I had mentioned it in the story um, before, but I was out three months of my senior year of high school. So not just uh, from sports, but I was not at school. And so you can slowly be become forgotten about to a sense. And that was it for me. So friends and people that I'd hung around and been around, even though I didn't know the Lord, they just kind of moved on and moved forward. So it was a very, very lonely season. Um, and I don't know if those friends ultimately chose to just leave me for Jesus. I think some did. Um, and so some left just because I was forgotten about. And I think I lost a lot of friends too, because my passion for Jesus, um, was my new passion and my old passions for a life away from him weren't really there. And I was trying to strive away from them. And so it was lonely at that point, but I've slowly noticed that those moments God used to shape the friendships I have now. And these friendships I have now are so good because Jesus is the centerpiece of that. And we get to have fun and we get to have a great life. That's goofy and great, but ultimately Jesus is why we have these friendships. And so I'm thankful that it was, it was renewed through all of that. That's so amazing, and it's so great to hear how, like, now you have friendships based in Christ and how God transformed your whole life. Yeah, and they're definitely more important. Definitely. How did you start to grow your platform and Instagram, and when did you know that you wanted to start a faith-based blog? Um, so I would say in 2012 and all of that happened, I actually began a small Bible study in my high school. To be honest, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I wasn't that sharp in the word, but I just knew that I had passion for Jesus. And so with that, um, with platforms such as Twitter that began to grow and Instagram that began to grow and they were fairly new in that time as I was a senior in high school, I thought, Hey, I don't know that much, but I have this passion that I believe is contagious for Jesus. So I'm going to, whatever I put out on social media, I wanted to reflect Jesus. And even if I'm not, if I'm imperfect, I know that he's perfect. So I'm going to put that out there about him. Hopefully, even if I'm not always saying the right thing, somebody's getting a glimpse of Jesus. Somebody's encouraged. Someone can make a step to even follow Jesus in a better way because of the words or the pictures of things I'm putting out. And then I've really honestly always had this passion for writing, even when I didn't know the Lord. And so I just used that and God used that ultimately to bring those writings to life through a blog that was called Pursue the People and is now a more mature version, I guess, of myself through this journey that God's brought me in these past four years. And it's called Hustle and Faith. Org. And so through that, I'm just writing about things that God is teaching me. Um, I'm just trying to move with, with the culture and ingrain Jesus in the culture of social media, you know, because it's easy to get lost in what's all the garbage being put out there. So I want to put something that's positive. I want to put something that's encouraging and changing my life. And ultimately, I'm believing that other lives are going to change because Jesus is that good. That's amazing. And I think the perspective you have as a college student is just remarkable. Thank you. <laughs> now that you're at college and you started Soul, can you tell me a little bit about what Soul is and how it impacts people? Okay, yeah. So um, Soul, that's what it is now, and it's become, you know, if we look at it today, it is a large gathering of college students between 90, 100, 120 people, um, and, and we're throwing parties occasionally that are Jesus-centered. Um, we're gathering up just to dive in the Word and, and popcorn off each other's struggles, and even if they don't know God or they believe in God and, and learning from one another to ultimately 
you know, focus on the written name of Jesus. I think it could be called soul, but really Jesus is written over everything we do. We're believing, you know, what soul is, spirit of the Lord. Um, the spirit of God is going to move through there and change people. And we want to get in the culture of college. I, I think for me personally, it's been hard just seeing um, the culture of college move and then a separate culture of Jesus move alongside it. And, and I believe biblically and what Jesus did is, is through something like soul, what we're trying to do is ingrain that in the culture, be in it, be the light in the darkness. So it really began, which is funny, and this is just a short little bit. Um, it began as young and free. I feel like God just breathed myself a dream to, to change college culture um, with the love of Jesus, with the love just for people and the grace that God gives with some of my best friends around me. And we began that as young and free. And that was, you know, three to six people in an apartment. And, and it just really just transformed into what is soul, which is that mature gathering of, of college people who just need hope. And the mantra of it is where people are loved and Jesus is made known because we can't make people follow Jesus. You know, I had to learn that the hard way, but we can love people like crazy and believe that Jesus is going to change the atmosphere in their life. And so that's, that's what it's become. And it's still a journey. It's still new and fresh to us, but, but we're loving it and we're loving people along the way. So it's been pretty life-changing. I think that's amazing how you and your friends took the initiative to start that and change the environment on the campus and allow Jesus to work through you. Right. And I tell you, it's been a it's been a very long process and I believe that we're still in that process. You know, college isn't easy wherever you go, you know, whether you're north, south, east or west, but I believe that if we're clinging to Jesus and we're allowing him to move in our hearts, then the atmosphere around us will change if we say yes to him. So, yeah, thank you. So now that you're a college senior, and I know that you love working out, and that's a huge part of who you are. Can you explain how that relates to your life and your faith as a person? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, people make fun of me or people joke around. You know, working out is a huge part of my life. I'm at the gym all the time. And the funny thing, though, about it is as much as I joke and, and I can be goofy and, and I can be disciplined in it, it really does connect to my spiritual life. I mean, um, for the past few years, I believe so much in this outlet that God has given me, which is working out, which is taking care of my body, which is pushing myself in fitness, really due to that injury that happened to me, you know, sports, basketball, football, soccer, those things were, were my God with, with a lowercase g. I mean, that's what I was clinging to back then. And so it's funny how God snatched all those things away, snatched away the scholarships. But what I believe um, really God did in my life over these past four years is said, hey, here's a piece of what you had. I know that you're wanting to keep me first. I know that you're wanting to pursue me. So here's the outlet of working out. You know, if you're stressed, if you need peace, if you need comfort, I've got this this place, which is a gym for myself. And maybe it's not that. It could be something different for someone else. But for me, I think that God's given me that piece of my old life, and I use it for his glory. I want to build the best body that I can for his glory. You know, earth is temporary, so this body isn't eternal, but this is what he gave me. And so I just want to work as hard as I possibly can to glorify him with that. And I have fun doing it, and I meet people doing it. So really, that's the, the love that, that I've had for fitness really for a long time. That's so amazing uh, that your outlook is like that because in the Bible it says that our bodies are a temple. So it's great how you are taking the initiative to take care of it. And it's also amazing how you look at it as an outlook that God gave you. Yes, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so you're a business major in college. And can you tell me how that relates to your dream of opening a church one day? 
Yes, definitely. So um, my family has just been in business. Um, dad is a businessman and owner of a business. And so with with having that background in my family and both my parents speaking that life into me over the past few years is, hey, God did give me this dream. And I believe that it's still there and it's a clear vision to say, go go plant a church in the heart of a big city in this United States and, and help to lead people to me. And and really the advice of, of my dad was saying, well, you got to know business for a church. I mean, a lot of people don't want to speak on those terms, but, but church has business tactics to it. And so to learn the, the financials of it, to learn how to manage things and to love people and to manage even people and lead them in a healthy way is business management. And so here at Coastal Carolina University, I just decided to, to major in business management. And now that I'm a senior, you know, it's been a few years and it, it's been up and down some of it, to be honest, you know, I'll keep it straight up. It's been boring at times just because of my heart is, is ministry, but I've been able to learn ministry and business as one. And I could say that it's been the best decision, thankfully, for my parents pushing me into that. And I think it's going to be wise for the future and and leadership and for the church. That's so awesome. And I definitely agree. Business is such a great thing. Being an entrepreneur, I think business can apply to any part of your life. Yeah. And I've definitely seen that. And I'm really, like I said, I think all the credit is due to my parents just pushing me in that, that direction. And I'm seeing it more and more. That's so awesome. What advice would you give to any college student wanting to have fun and enjoy school, but also wanting to make sure that they're keeping Christ their center and they're still pursuing him? Um, I would say, I would say a couple of things. First thing I would say is um, rid yourself from obeying the opinions of others. College is such a it can be such a giant place, whether it's a lot of people or even more and more people. It, it seems so big. It seems so vast. There's so much going on. There's so many voices. There's people saying this to you and they want you here. They want you there. But, you know, those opinions don't direct your life or they shouldn't. It's the voice of God and his approval. Um, so I would say, you know, the fun, the celebration, the joy, it all starts with the source of, of knowing Jesus. So keep that there. Care about what people say, but don't let what people say direct your life because I've seen that happen so much that if you get wrapped up in opinions or where people um, think that you should be or where you should go, well, then you're going to remove yourself from the approval and the stamp that God's already put on your life. Um, I would also say really just to have fun knowing Jesus. I think there's this myth that if you know Jesus and if you live for him, you're going to live a boring life when compared to, to culture. But the greatest thing that I think that Jesus speaks in the Gospel of John is that he's the light of the world and he's given us that light. You know, we are lights in the darkness. And um, Philippians also speaks about us being among them. So even people who don't believe in him, even people who are just living to live and they don't know their purpose is to live out there and to be that light and to love people like crazy. And, hey, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. But have fun um, carrying the cross of Jesus. Have fun holding on to the joy that he gives. Because I think ultimately, um, and this is just my opinion, that if we are living a life for Jesus and we don't see it as fun and we're doing it out of a lack of joy or a lack of celebration and fun, well, then we're not living to the promise that Jesus said. He said that we would have abundant life. He said that we would have the greatest joy in the world, and that is him. So I think it just roots in really, really loving him and taking him to the world or your college campus or wherever you are. Definitely. I completely agree with that. And like you said, knowing Jesus is joy. And that's so true. Just having Jesus in your heart just gives a whole new perspective and so much joy. That's that's for sure. How do you keep, since you were saying the advice you would give to college students wanting to uh-huh. keep Christ at the center of their lives, how do you keep Christ at the center of your life? 
Um, I think one of the greatest things that we miss is the people around you. I think your centerpiece as a person, um, ultimately we can look at it as it's a me thing or it's the things that I do. But um, I would argue to say it's what the people around you do that's going to aid in your personal devotion to Jesus. And so that's been a huge thing I can just celebrate and I can just lift up all the guys and the people around me have encouraged me so much in my walk. So the, the atmosphere that I have around me, the guys, the girls that I have around me pushing me in a direction of Jesus ultimately helps me keep Jesus as my centerpiece, um, the center of my world. And I would say also to add on just your own personal devotion, you know, private time with Jesus will catapult you to public time with Jesus. So if, if you're not in your word and you're not loving Jesus in your own bedroom, um, at your own kitchen table, at, at your own couch, if you're not doing it there, well, then what makes you think that you can keep him the center of your life out there in college or high school or workplace or any of those things? So it's got to start privately, and I believe it'll be carried publicly, but definitely having those healthy voices around you just lifting you up. And and I heard it once, you know, I'd love to add this. I heard Carl, Carl Lentz, is a pastor at Hillsong, New York City, say this once and stuck with me ever since. He says, have friends that love Jesus so much that if you fall or you think that you're falling from Jesus and you try to run, it's almost impossible for you to run because they love him and they love you so much that they will not allow that. And I really believe that's the friends that I have. So tons of shout outs to them and credit to them. That's so amazing. It sounds like you have such a great group of friends around you. Definitely celebrating them. So what is your favorite Bible verse and why? Um, okay, I'll be honest. This is always a tough question because as more I've gotten in the word, it's just there's so much goodness and it's hard to zero in on something. Um, but kind of a short story, I guess, to highlight a verse, a piece of scripture that I think has impacted a lot is that, you know, that Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, um, plans to prosper, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. I think that's said so much, but for me, it impacts me in a deep way because I sat in a hospital bed and I opened a Bible that was given to me by a friend for the first time. You know, those moments that in 2012, that's really when I was meeting Jesus for the first time. And I sit in that hospital bed. I'll never forget. Um, one of my friends opening up that passage of scripture to me, um, telling me and encouraging me that this was not my end. This was not the end of my story. This was just a pit stop that Jesus had a plan. He had a hope. He had a future for me. And it was not going to end in this hospital bed. And it was definitely not going to end with this back surgery. And so I've stuck with that forever. I don't know if you would call that um, a favorite piece of scripture, but definitely a life-changing moment in God's word that, I mean, has stuck with me for years now. That's so awesome, and it's so cool how a friend gave you the Bible, and then God allowed you to see that verse. I always think that God only lets us see and hear what we need in that exact moment. Right, right, definitely. So what is your favorite type of music to listen to? Um, man, that's another hard thing to zero in on. <laughs> hey, I'll say this, I'll say this. I, uh, I'll keep it real. I love worship music. I love Hillsong. I love rap. I love hip hop. I love, um, cultural music and just being in the loop of that. I love country music. You know, I'm from Arkansas, so I can kind of be a hillbilly sometimes, but I would just say all of those wrapped into one. Um, I'm a guy that gets in a car and can blast one music and then switch it to another. 
as I get to the next stoplight. So it's hard for me to zero in on one, but I would definitely say hip hop, um, worship music and country music are, are my big three. And I just mix between them depending on my mood in the day. And I think a lot of people can speak for that as well. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I can go from listening to rap to, well, Christian rap to country in like 2.5 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different. So it's dependent on your mood. I think everybody's that way. Yeah, definitely. I just think um, it's really awesome, and I think it's amazing to listen to worship music and to hear God's work through the artists. Definitely. So I know that you're a speaker. Can you tell me about some of the topics that you speak about and how you started public speaking? Yes. Um, So over the years, I've gotten opportunities to speak in different places, um, such as Atlanta, um, such as Nashville, Tennessee, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, even back home in my home city, state, Little Rock, Arkansas. And and with that, I think that God's just given me a huge heart from what he's brought me from, which is young men. And, um, and of course, men and women and young people and the college age person, but definitely for young men. And that's speaking out against pride. Um, that's speaking out against temptation. That's speaking out against um, healthy leadership and then unhealthy leadership and things like pressure and how to deal with the pressures of, of people and the and the voices of this world when compared to the voice of God. So, I mean, there's many, many things that I've spoken on, um, and I've definitely learned so much, you know, being as God really brought me forth to kind of a, a smaller and, and then a bigger spotlight of speaking at 17, 18, 19, 20, and now being a 21-year-old. It's, it's really matured, I guess, and I think that's the greatest journey with, with speaking out against something is that when God calls you and does a work in you, you just you see yourself mature and you see what he does in you. So topics have, have varied and grown um, over these years, but I definitely had opportunities in, in all different types of cities and all different types of settings. I would say a, a favorite for me is the 18 to 25-year-old because um, I think I'm in the middle of that. And I've known kind of the younger parts, and now I'm seeing the older parts of it. But just the pressures of that, the voices of this world, and really just to to shine bright, to stand out, to be bold, to speak up for what we believe in, to speak up for this King Jesus who has captured our heart and we want to impact the world with. So I know that's kind of a lot, but it's definitely um, from immaturity to maturity that I've learned over these years as speaking to different folks. That's so amazing and so great how you've been able to mature through your speaking and you're able to help people that are our age. Right, right. Thank you. So you're graduating college in May. What's your plans for the next year? Um. Well, hey, that's a good question. I hope that you could tell me. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. But actually, it's definitely to be transparent. It's a little fearful. I think I never really noticed that one college would, would move so quickly and two, that it would be a little bit fearful. Um, I think that you get to graduating college, if anybody is, is listening to this and hearing, hey, you know, this is what I'm scared about, or this is what I was doing, or I thought God was going to put me here, and I didn't know. So for me, you know, we have soul, and just this gathering of people that's just vibrant and, go, and, and growing, and God's doing so much. So for the next year, I'm going to be at Coastal Carolina. Of course, I'm going to graduate here soon in the next month, but to help lead soul and to help continue to breathe life and to breathe Jesus on this campus. Um, you may be doing ministry at, at New Spring Church here, 
locally. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. And, and also traveling and speaking. And then I may be valeting cars at the beach to make a little money. You know, as a, as a 21 year old, you got to make money somehow. So there's a little uh, different options. But of course, I'm just holding on to my main calling of, of speaking out for Jesus and being bold and loving people like crazy. Um, we'll just see what, what opportunities God brings my way in, in this next year. That's so awesome. So my next question is, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Oh, 10 years. So if I'm 21 right now, I'll be 31 years old. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, to be honest, I would love to have a family. Um, I would love to have a bunch of little kiddos um, just because that's always been a dream of mine to, to be a dad and to have kids and to have a great wife and to have a home that, that knows Jesus and breathes Jesus. Um, of course, I think that I mentioned maybe in a question before um, this dream, this vision that God's put on my life to, to plant a church in a large city in the United States with some of my best friends and just lead um, for him and lead for the world. And so um, really believing that I'll be writing some books, um, probably still blogging. Um, I have a beautiful wife and some kids and then have a thriving, growing local church um, for young oriented people, college age people, um, really whoever, um, all races, all places and um, and just growing the local church. Really, that's that's the heart of me right now. And of course, I love writing. So I'd love to put out some books, maybe by the age of 31. But I can't tell you all the details. That's just a little vision that I got. That's so awesome. And it's so great how um, to see how God's working through your life. Hey, it's uh, it really is great. And I think the greatest thing you know, you ask about 10 years or you ask even about the next year. I think for anybody, it, it can be disheartening not to know. But as I've been encouraged lately, the unknown is a beautiful thing. And I think the unknown puts our faith really out there into action is we don't know what's coming, but we trust a God that, that already knows. And so let's have faith that, that he's going to carry us boldly into the unknown. And that's what I'm believing right now. So I can speak from experience in the moment. That's so awesome. So, so I know that you're working on some really exciting projects uh, uh-huh. that you've mentioned before, but do you have any that you want to share with the listeners today? Um, I would say I'm working on definitely blogging a lot more on hustleandfaith.org. Also, I'm working on a 150-page devotional book based on the 150 Psalms, and that's been a work in progress, of course, being a young college guy. I got classes and other priorities, but trying to work on this devotional book, hopefully to put out to the world, um, believe I'm going to call it heart and soul. And so 150 pages based on the 150 Psalms, and I think devotionals just really hit home and help people just read the Bible and get a, a grasp on who Jesus is in their life. So I'm believing that God's going to do that and, and help work that out in me. Also just, you know, some different speaking engagements and, um, you know, maybe a, a new house with some friends and the growth of soul, um, through Instagram, through Twitter, and uh, just on this campus in real life. And there's a few other things, but definitely I think really right now is just some speaking things across the country and also, um, this devotional book that I'm writing. So, so pray for that and believe in that. Cause I'm hoping it's going to help a lot of people. Definitely. I know you mentioned to me before about your devotional. I think it's going to be so great. Um, and I can't wait till you are able to publish that. I know. I'm hoping so. Thank you. 
So you seem like a guy who just loves life and you love to have fun. What's one thing you can do every single day that always brings you joy? Um, I think we had talked about this before. Um, and I, I think, I don't know if this is a specific thing, but it's just, I think an atmosphere that, that I pray for and that I believe in every day is having people share life with you. And so, you know, the, the funniest thing that I get all the time is, Oh man, Carson, everywhere you go, or if you put something up on Instagram, or if you put something out on Twitter, you're always with people, you're never alone. And, and, you know, I really take that into consideration and I believe it's come from wisdom of other people around me is to live life in joy. How do you do that? You share it with other people. You have stories to tell that involve other people. And so I think one of the greatest things that I get to do every day is wake up and to do life with others. Like if I'm in a car, it's going to be other people in the car with me so that we can laugh and enjoy it together. If I'm working out, I'm going to work out with other people. If I'm going here or there to eat lunch, I'm going to have other people eat with me. And I think you know, not to get so spiritual, but you can just look back at Jesus and the way he did things is he spent a lot of time with people and he loved people. And of course, we all want to be like Jesus, I'm believing. And uh, so that's that's one thing that just brings me joy is is having people in my life on a daily basis to share stories with and to laugh and to goof off with. Um, I never get tired of it. That's so great. And I think that it, what you just said really speaks to your Instagram caption or your Instagram bio that says <laughs> loves people because clearly you really love being with people. It is. It's a pretty exciting life. <laughs> so if you had to say one thing that's your biggest dream and your whole entire biggest life goal, what would that be? Um, well, you know, I feel like you've asked me a lot of these these, these questions where it's like give one. So I, I hate it, but I feel like I gotta give like a couple. Um, <laughs> you can give say, a couple. I would say really this dream to to carry out um, God's purpose for my life, and I believe that is loving people and taking His name to the world. You know, I wanna I wanna be at the end of my life and say that I impacted so many people because Jesus was in me and they got to know Jesus through me. Also, I wanna have a beautiful wife and uh, share a life with her. I think that's a big dream of mine is just becoming a husband and uh, having a bunch of kids and, and really enjoying life with family. Family's so big to me. I'm very close with my mom and dad, my little brother. And so family is a huge thing. I think that dream and that vision, just to have that and to have security in that and to have Jesus surrounding all of that. But definitely, I just want to take his name to the world. I want lives to change around me, not because I'm me and I'm great, but because Jesus in me is great. And I believe that he's called me to that purpose and that leadership. And so I just, I want to see that happen. And I want to see people smile because he's good, you know? That's so amazing. And also just being so young as you are, being 21 and having the perspective that you do. It's just so great. Thank you so much. If someone just heard about you today from listening to this episode, how can they find you on social media and where can they read your blog? Okay, sweet. So you can go on Twitter and uh, my username is at Carson Case. But wait. Carson underscore case. I apologize. You know, you got to give those Instagram. It's the same thing. Carson underscore case. And then my blog that I'm trying to write more and more. So bear with me is hustleandfaith.org. And so you can find, you know, a few little snippets that I've written on there and hopefully I'm going to push some more content and I believe that's it. Oh, I do have a Snapchat and uh, my Snapchat is Carson Scott Case. You know, I had to throw the middle name in there. So I'm on Snapchat a little bit, but I think Instagram and Instagram story, you'll probably see most about me and how goofy I am and how crazy life could be knowing Jesus and loving people. So that's it. 
That's so awesome. Thanks for being on the episode today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on and, and asking me questions and really just, um, I think, getting to know Jesus more and, and pushing this towards people. I think this is awesome you doing this, and I really um, am thankful for the honor and the opportunity to do it. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Inspiring Honey Radio today. It was honestly such a blessing and my pleasure to be able to speak with each and every one of you. I love to stay connected all week via Instagram on Inspiring Honey on Instagram and Inspiring Honey on Twitter. Remember to stay up to date all things Inspiring Honey on inspiringhoney.com. I would absolutely love if you'd share this podcast with your friends. And if you would love to leave a review, that would mean the absolute world to me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And I just hope that you have a blessed week. And I can't wait to connect with you on social media. Until my next podcast, have a blessed day.